Today is Tuesday, January 23rd. What to know so far about the first primary election of the season as New Hampshire voters head to the polls. Which Republican candidate won among the first votes cast in the state so far? And why President Biden's name is not on the ballot for Democrats. Also, a new Supreme Court decision about barbed wire at the U.S.-Mexico border. We'll explain. Plus, how a simple blood test could now screen for Alzheimer's even before symptoms show up. Why regulators want another type of Boeing airplane to get checked out. And a history-making win as a college sophomore defeated professional golfers. Those stories and more news to know next. Welcome, welcome to The Newsworthy. All the day's news in around 10 minutes. Fast, fair, fun, and on the go. I'm Erica Mandy. Thanks so much for being here. You ready? Let's do this. Presidential candidates are facing their next big test today in New Hampshire. The nation's first primary of the election season is already underway. On the Republican side, it's former President Trump versus former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. For Democrats, President Biden will not appear on the ballot. He did not submit his name for the primary after New Hampshire refused to go along with the DNC's new calendar, which gave the first presidential primary to South Carolina. But some of the other long-shot Democratic candidates will have their names listed, like Congressman Dean Phillips and self-help guru Marianne Williamson. And they've spent weeks campaigning in New Hampshire. So at this point, some of President Biden's supporters are telling people to write in Biden's name in order to vote for him instead. As always, voting kicked off in the tiny town of Dixville Notch overnight, and there, all six registered voters cast their ballots for Nikki Haley. Though statewide, Trump is still dominating the polls. And just yesterday, he raked in many more endorsements from members of Congress and state houses all around the country. The race could be called as soon as tonight, and we'll bring you the results as we get them. Then it's on to South Carolina and Nevada, holding their own contests early next month. As the Biden administration fights with Texas over border enforcement, it's getting some support from the U.S. Supreme Court. The high court's latest decision was over miles of barriers Texas officials installed using barbed wire and buoys. The U.S. Justice Department sued Texas over the barriers, saying they got in the way of Border Patrol agents safely enforcing the laws and coming to the aid of migrants in need of help. But when Border Patrol agents started actually cutting through razor wire, Texas sued back, saying the agents trespassed and damaged state property. An appeals court actually agreed and told the Biden administration to stop the removal. But the Supreme Court went the other way in a five to four decision. And that clears the way for Border Patrol to start the removal process again. Still, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said, quote, this is not over. Abbott has also allowed troopers to arrest and jail thousands of migrants on trespassing charges. And he said that Texas won't allow Border Patrol agents into some of the busiest spots on the border. So the federal government is challenging those actions in court, too, all while Congress considers immigration reform. The U.S. is calling on Israel to protect innocent people as Israeli forces advance further into southern Gaza. They stormed one hospital and started to target the area around another hospital yesterday. The Gaza Health Ministry says at least 50 people were killed around the hospitals, adding to the death toll that's topped 25,000. Israel says Hamas fires operate in and around hospitals. And as you know, Israel has promised to wipe out Hamas. But the U.S. still says hospitals need to be as protected as possible. Israel also says its military suffered the largest loss of life in a single attack since the war began, when 21 Israeli soldiers were killed in Gaza yesterday. A lot of details are murky, though, and it's hard to know exactly what's going on, since Gaza hasn't had communications or internet service for 10 days from the latest outage. But it is possible the fighting ends soon, at least temporarily. Israel offered to pause the fighting for up to two months as part of a deal with Hamas. 
That would include the release of all the remaining hostages held in Gaza. Israel also says it would release at least some Palestinian prisoners from Israeli prisons. But it will not end the war for good. Mediators from Qatar and Egypt are working on getting the offer to Hamas now with help from a top White House advisor. So stay tuned. For the eighth time in nearly two weeks, the U.S. launched airstrikes in Yemen, hoping to stop Iranian-backed militants from attacking ships in the Red Sea. The U.S. was joined by the U.K. military this time, much like it was for the very first airstrikes. And they both had support from several other allies who provided logistics, intelligence, and more. The White House insists all of these strikes have been effective. But the Houthi militants have still been carrying out their own attacks, more than 30 since mid-November, on key shipping lanes that are critical for global trade. As the attacks have continued, global shipping rates have skyrocketed. New data shows that rates for shipping goods from Asia to Northern Europe has gone up 461% since mid-October. And rates on the route from Asia to North America have more than doubled. Carriers have also announced surcharges that can go up to $2,700 per container. But even when the surcharges are paid, some manufacturers are still dealing with delays, since avoiding the Red Sea means taking a much longer route to the West. And there are new concerns this could bring about an inflation comeback. So far, oil prices have climbed since the start of the new year, but overall, inflation in the U.S. has been leveling off. To be continued. More news is still coming up, but first, this episode is sponsored by Lumi. Ready to start the new year fresh, as in literally smelling fresh? Lumi is a game-changing whole-body deodorant that works on everything from your pits to your feet, clinically proven to block odor all day long, all over. It's even clinically proven to control odor better than a shower with soap alone. Because yes, Lumi has all types of products that are effective and convenient, from your typical stick deodorant to deodorant wipes to even body wash. I was looking for a new deodorant and was having a lot of trouble finding something I felt good about putting on my body and that was really effective. And then I found Lumi and I've been using it every day since. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers too. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code NEWSWORTHY at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use the code NEWSWORTHY. That's lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant.com with the code NEWSWORTHY. Okay, now back to the news. Well, new breakthrough research has found a simple blood test could help screen for Alzheimer's disease even several years before any symptoms show up. The American Medical Association published a study this week that found the blood test can detect a key biomarker of Alzheimer's that increases at the same time as other damaging proteins in the brains of people with the disease. That's a big deal, since to identify the buildup of damaging proteins in the brain now, patients have to get a brain scan or spinal tap that can often be inaccessible and costly. But the simple blood test was found to be up to 97% accurate, and in most cases, just as accurate as a brain scan or spinal tap. Right now, the plan is to make the new blood test available for clinical use by next month. By the way, another blood test was already made available last year, but that one isn't really meant to diagnose Alzheimer's, just to help people identify their risk of developing the disease. Researchers say this new one could help even more to help patients manage their disease at the earliest stages. For the second time this month, another one of Boeing's planes is coming under scrutiny. We already told you about the 737 MAX 9 when part of a plane flew off during an Alaska Airlines flight. But now the FAA is telling airlines to do some extra inspections on Boeing's 737-900ER model, too. They have the same kind of door plug that covers up an unused emergency exit, 
the same kind of door plug that blew out of the MAX 9 over Portland more than two weeks ago. So the FAA says inspections just need to make sure the door plugs are attached properly. Now keep in mind, the 900ER models have already logged 11 million hours of flight time, and so far there's no evidence of any problems or defects. So those planes are still in service. But the FAA is still reviewing the data from inspections of the MAX 9 to decide what to do next. So in the meantime, the MAX 9 is still grounded, and Alaska and United Airlines are having to cancel hundreds of flights. At this point, there's no timeline for when the planes might go back in service. Apple released another software update for iPhones and iPads this week. The key feature included in this one is stolen device protection. So it requires users to either use Touch ID or Face ID to access sensitive information like iCloud keychain passwords or Apple's credit card. Overall, the software update patches more than a dozen security issues and bugs. And it improves crash detection on iPhone 14 and 15 models. But there are some fun features with this update as well. Like, it lets people collaborate on playlists with other Apple Music users. People will be able to stream media from an iPhone to TV in select hotels. And there's a new Unity wallpaper in celebration of Black History Month starting soon. A 20-year-old college sophomore made golf history this week. Nick Dunlap won the American Express Tournament, making him the first amateur to win on the PGA Tour since Phil Mickelson 33 years ago. He's also the youngest amateur to win a tour event since 1910. Dunlap beat a host of pro golfers, including tour favorites like Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, and Xander Schauffele. But because he's an amateur, he won't be able to take home the prize of more than $1.5 million. Instead, the runner-up will go home with the winnings. Dunlap might not stay an amateur for long, though, since this win makes him eligible to turn pro. Dunlap says he's still considering whether to finish up school or join the tour for real. But for now, he's enjoying the win. Well, that's it for the main news today. So now it's time for Trivia Tuesday, when we ask a different trivia question every week. But first, support for this episode comes from Honey Love. Here's a New Year's resolution that's actually easy to keep. Stop wearing uncomfortable clothes and undergarments. You know that feeling when you get home from a long day and immediately want to get into your pajamas? With Honey Love, you won't have to experience that again because their items are so comfortable, you'll forget you're wearing them. For the ladies listening, Honey Love gives you the comfort and support you need, but with the feeling, quality, and look you want, whether you're wearing their shapewear and bras or their leggings and loungewear. And speaking of leggings, Honey Love's Legging 2.0 is my favorite legging ever. I wear them literally every week. They hold you in without that too tight feeling. They're cooling, comfortable, and cute. Treat yourself to the best bras, shapewear, and leggings on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash newsworthy. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash newsworthy. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them, so please support our show and tell them what we sent you. Start the new year with confidence thanks to Honey Love. Okay, now back to Trivia Tuesday. And today's trivia question is, how many planets make up the solar system? You can play along with us in our weekly roundup email that comes out each Friday. Just sign up using the link in our episode notes. And as always, we'll discuss the answer next Tuesday right here on the podcast. As for last week's trivia question, what breed of cat does not have fur? Well, the most well-known breed of hairless cat is the Sphinx. But there are also many others that have been bred over the years. For example, the Bambino, Donskoy, Peterbald, and more. Some of them really are totally bald. But others, even though they're considered hairless, actually have soft, fine fur in certain places, like between their toes. Another common misconception is that hairless cat breeds are hypoallergenic, when in reality, they're not. That's because it's not the fur people are allergic to, but the dander and saliva. One more thing to know if you're interested in a hairless cat, 
you might need some accessories. Since they don't have fur, it's recommended they have a coat for the winter and sunscreen for the summer, or better yet, to just stay inside. All right, thank you for listening and for sharing the show. We'll be back with another news roundup tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. 